0: Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Once upon a time, there lived a very proud king who ruled over a very proud people. The number one goal of this proud king and all his proud people was to always be praised by others. They wanted to be known as the wisest, the bravest, the strongest, and the best. To this proud king and all his proud people, the worst sin you could commit would be to do something that would make you look bad in the eyes of others well one day two traveling merchants visited the proud king in his proud palace oh great king the traveling merchant said we've heard of your great name and all your great accomplishments your great fame has gone all over the world we have come to offer you the chance to show your greatness to the whole world Well, the proud king loved to hear the praises of men, and he immediately became interested in how his greatness could be displayed to the world. What do you have to offer me that can show my greatness to the world, the proud king asked. Ah, the merchant said, we have a magic cloth. This is no ordinary cloth. This cloth is the most beautiful, the most elegant, the most glorious cloth known to man. But best of all, this cloth is unique because only the wise, only the brave, only the strong and only the best can see this cloth. The foolish, the fearful, the weak and the worst cannot see the cloth. And not only will you look splendid when you wear it, but when you wear it, you will be able to determine who is wise, brave, strong, and the best, and you will discover who is foolish, fearful, weak, and the worst. And at that very moment, the merchants opened their bag and brought out the magic cloth. But the fact is, there was no cloth at all. When they opened their bags, they simply pretend to draw out all the cloth. But there was nothing really there. The king faced a dilemma. If the king said, wait, there is no cloth, then it would appear that he was foolish, fearful, weak, and the worst. He could not risk anyone thinking poorly of himself, so he pretended. to be very impressed by cloth he couldn't see. What an amazing cloth, the proud king proclaimed. It is the most beautiful, the most elegant, and the most glorious cloth I have ever seen. I must have some at once. And now all the people surrounding the king We were faced with the same problem. If they declared that they couldn't see the cloth, then everyone would point at them and laugh at them. You are foolish. You are fearful. You are weak. But if they went along and pretended that the cloth that wasn't there was beautiful and glorious, then they would be seen as wise and powerful. And so everyone began to murmur, Oh, the cloth is beautiful. Oh, the cloth is excellent. Well, the proud king bought the cloth that wasn't really there at all. his tailors sew this cloth into a beautiful up and down, for even the tailors had to pretend that they could see the cloth, lest they be exposed uh, to ridicule. A holiday was arranged for the king to parade through the street of the royal city to display the most beautiful, the most elegant, the most glorious cloth on earth. And when the great day came, the king paraded through the streets of the city wearing nothing but his magic cloth. Everyone in the royal city pretended to be duly impressed because everyone wanted to be known as wise, brave, strong, and great. No one wanted to be exposed as foolish, fearful, weak, or the worst. So everyone applauded loudly and cheered the praise of the king and his magic cloth. Everyone, that is, except one small boy. One small boy was standing on the road, and when the king came by, the little boy said loudly, Why is the king naked? (gasps) Suddenly the crowd was silent. Was this little boy exposed as foolish, fearful, weak, and the worst? Or was it actually the king who was foolish? All at once, everyone in the crowd began to laugh. There was no magic cloth. It was all a trick. The king's pride had allowed him to be manipulated by the merchants. And now he was completely disgraced. The king was naked. The king had to run home in shame. And everyone learned a valuable lesson that day. If you want to be truly wise and brave and strong and the best, you have to avoid being manipulated by others. Have you ever been manipulated by other people? We may not like to admit it, but it's likely that every single one of us has been manipulated at some time in our lives. You may not even be aware of how you've been manipulated, but if you've ever been used by people, if you've ever been pressurized to do something you didn't want to do, then you have been manipulated. Someone used a weakness inside of you to control your actions. For some people, being manipulated is a rare occurrence. It's something that happens only occasionally. But for many of us, manipulation is a reoccurring event. We find ourselves falling into the trap of manipulative people over and over again. We do what we don't want to do. We allow others to manipulate our emotions so we behave the way they want us to. We allow others to control us and we end up feeling used. Is there a way out of the trap of manipulation? How can we deal with manipulative people? Well, today, we're going to take a look at some manipulative people from the Bible, and we'll discover the steps you and I can take today to escape from this trap and live life free from the control of manipulative people. But before we learn today's lesson, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. It is our heart's desire that your spirit control our every thought, word, and deed. We don't want to be controlled by people or by the devil. We want your spirit to rule supreme in our lives. So deliver us today from everything inside of us that would allow other people to manipulate and control us. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to come and speak truth to our hearts and to our minds. For in your truth, we are set free. We are set free from critical and manipulative and difficult people. And we thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I want to invite you. You to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray out loud after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hello everyone, and welcome once again to Truth for Today. It's great to have you here as we continue our series titled Dealing with Difficult People. Throughout this month, we're discovering how to get along with almost anyone, and we're learning how we can break free from critical, controlling, and just plain crazy people. Last week, we laid a foundation for this series when we learned that difficult people are everywhere in life. They're always going to be with you. You cannot run from them, and you cannot take revenge on them. Instead, you have to learn to deal with yourself first so that you can then deal with difficult people. I hope you were able to join me last weekend, but don't worry. If you missed that sermon, you can watch it again on my YouTube channel, available on demand, or you can listen to the audio on my podcast. Be sure to check out all the ways you can connect Connect with me and truth for today by following the information displayed on your screen. Today, we're looking at a different type of difficult people. We're going to study how to deal with manipulative people. And to help us learn the truth from the Bible, we've prepared sermon notes. The sermon notes are available free of charge from my website and my social media platform. So go ahead and download the notes and follow along as we discover three steps to dealing with With manipulative people. And here's your first step today. I have to identify the tactics of manipulation. So the first step is identify the tactics of manipulative people. You see, manipulation is more common than you may think. It can happen at work. If you're the one that always gets stuck with the extra work, it's likely you're being manipulated. Manipulation often happens in the family. You're the one that others use to get what they want. It can even happen in the church. You can fall pray to spiritual manipulation. And the problem is you may not even know that you're being manipulated, but you feel angry with yourself. You keep repeating the same things over and over, and you don't know why you do what you do you may not be aware of how others are manipulating you to get you to serve their purposes. It reminds me of the time when all the men in heaven were organized in two groups. God asked St. Peter to all organize all the men in two groups. One group was for men who were manipulated by their wives here on earth. And this queue stretched as far as the eye could see. Millions and millions of men stood in the queue for they had been manipulated by their wives on earth. Then the second group was for men who were not manipulated by their wives. And in this group, there was only one Single man, only one man who was never manipulated by his wife in the other group. Hey! Well, God came out to inspect the group and he was shocked to see that the group of men who were manipulated by their wives stretched for eternity and there was only one man in the group who had not been manipulated by his wife. Hey! God said, men, I am so disappointed in you. I made you the head of your family, but you all allowed your wives to manipulate you. How is it that there's only one man in the queue who stood up and led his family without being manipulated? Then God turned to the single lonely man. He was a skinny, short guy and said, son, tell us, how is it that you were able to control your wife? How is it that you were able to make it into the group of men who were not manipulated by their wives? And this guy looked at God. He was kind of dumbfounded. And he said, I don't know, Lord. I'm standing in this queue because my wife told me to stand here. You may know you're being manipulated, or you may not. But either way, manipulation is a dangerous attack. It can make you do what you don't want to do and lead you astray from the will of God. So to deal with manipulative people, you have to first know what manipulation looks like. You can't overcome manipulative people when you're not even aware that it's happening. A clever manipulator will influence you and make you do what you don't want to do without you even knowing that they are the one controlling you. That's why 2 Corinthians 2:11 says, "lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant" of his devices when you're ignorant of satan's devices you'll fall prey to satan's control but when you're aware you cannot be taken advantage of so let's discover how to identify some common tactics of manipulation and here's the first common tactic of manipulation guilt everybody say guilt The best example of this is the famous story of how Delilah manipulated Samson. It's found in Judges 16, 15 to 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Delilah said to Samson, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? With such nagging, tell your neighbor she was nagging, oh, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. She was nagging him till he was tired to death. And a manipulative person says, if you love me, you will do what I say. That's what happens millions of times around the world every Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is one of the greatest days of manipulation in human history. And one of men's greatest manipulations is on Valentine's Day, they will tell their girlfriend, if you love me, you will sleep with me sister if any man says if you love me you will sleep with me then you tell him this if you love me you won't ask me to sleep with you until we're married if you love me you won't do anything that will damn my soul to hell if you love me you will honor and cherish me as a daughter of the king of kings and lord of lords if you love me you won't treat me like something you will use just to satisfy your lust and all the ladies said amen Amen. But it's not just in the area of romance that we see manipulation through guilt. It can happen with family members. Mothers are especially fond of using guilt to try to control their children. The mother would say, after all I've done for you, you don't call me, you don't visit me, you don't love me. Mrs. Mensah's children call her every day. Mrs. Mensa's children bought her a car. Mrs. Mensa's children visit her every week. Oh, they love her. Why can't you love me like the children of Mrs. Mensa love her? Oh, why? Why did I give birth to such an ungrateful child? The mother uses guilt to manipulate you. Wives use guilt too. It usually manifests with the silent treatment. Husband comes home from work and says, hello, sweetheart, how are you? And the wife says, fine. Brother, a lot of times when a wife says, fine, it's not fine. When a wife says, fine, then fine is not fine. Something is not fine. Fine. And often what's wrong is something you did a long time ago. Both wives and husbands tend to use guilt over a situation that happened long ago, and they keep bringing it up so they can keep you under the control of their influence. You forgot your mother's, aunt's, cousin's, friend's birthday 20 years ago, and your wife will still remind you every time you get into an argument. Guilt can be used in romance. Guilt can be used in a family. Guilt can be used in a marriage. Guilt can even be used in the church. People will tell you, if you really love Jesus, give me your salary. If you really love Jesus, sow a seed into me. Listen, friends, if you really love Jesus, you will do what Jesus says and not be manipulated by false prophets. See, here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Love never acts out of guilt. Love acts out of love. God doesn't want you to give an offering because you sinned last Saturday night. God doesn't want you to take three days fasting and prayer because you feel guilt about some failure in your life. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse you, and the only actions that he rewards and receives are actions committed out of love, not out of guilt. That's why the Bible says in Romans 14, 22, blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. In other words, when you know your heart is pure, and you know your actions are right, and you know you're not doing anything wrong, then you should not feel guilty. We rebuke a false sense of guilt in our lives. And just because someone else is trying to use guilt to manipulate you doesn't mean that you're guilty. And when you love someone, you still want to do what's right. When you love Jesus, you want to do what pleases him, not because the pastor is manipulating him, but because you love Jesus. Guilt is a tactic of manipulation. The second tactic of manipulation, is fear. Manipulative people use fear and threats to control others. They might tell you at work, if you don't do what I say, I will report you to the boss. In relationships, they will say, if you don't do what I say, I will leave you. A married couple might say, if you don't do this, you won't get what you want. Fears and threats are favorite tactics of manipulative people. And oftentimes, the threat put against us is what will other people say? One of the greatest fears used to control people is fear of what people will think of us. If you don't do what I say, people will talk about you. If you don't do what I say, people will condemn you as a bad person. This is what happened to King Herod. In Mark 6, we see the story of how King Herod was manipulated to kill John the Baptist. He was enticed by his wife and his stepdaughter. He made a promise in front of a crowd that he would do whatever they wanted. And these two women used fear of public disapproval to get King Herod to kill the holy prophet. Listen to verse 26. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said but because of the vows he had made in front of his guests he could not refuse her. So a manipulative person will tell you if you don't do what I say people will talk and how many millions of people people have gone astray and betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ simply because of fear of man? How many millions of people have been ashamed of Jesus and have denied him because of fear of what people will think? That's what happened to Peter on the night Jesus was betrayed. He was so worried about being rejected by man. He was so worried about what the crowd thought. He denied the Lord who was about to die for him but it wasn't just Peter. John 12 says, many people did believe in Jesus, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they would not admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. And we need to examine our hearts today because many of us still bow to the fear of man and we disobey God because we're more concerned about our reputation. The fear of man is a powerful force to manipulate you to do what you don't want to do. So manipulative people use guilt, they use fear, and they use the third tactic of false promises. This is what happens often in the church. Spiritual manipulation is everywhere today. False prophets promise you things they cannot deliver. And today many churches and many prayer camps charge money for what they call consultation. Some places, the more you pay, the more they pray. If you give 100 Ghana CD, you get a prayer. If you give 500, they will lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. If you give 1,000 Ghana CD seed to the man of God, they will fast for you. And if you give them 5,000 Ghana, they will prophesy and see a vision over your life. This is nonsense. You're being manipulated by false demonic prophets. And anybody who charges you for prayer or for ministry is in error. Mark my words, a day of judgment is coming on the false prophets and the false pastors in this land. Buy this anointing oil, buy this holy water, buy this anointed soap, buy this prayer cloth. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Do not be deceived. Jesus never sold any miracle and neither did the apostles. Jesus never manipulated anyone. In fact, when Peter tried to use spiritual manipulation on Jesus, the Lord rebuked him. In Matthew 16:22 the Bible says, "Peter took him aside and said and began to rebuke him. Oh Jesus, never. You will never suffer. You will never go to the cross. This shall never happen to you." You know what Jesus did? He said, "Get the behind me, Satan. Jesus recognized that Peter was trying to manipulate him by the praise of men. Peter tried to prophesy a false promise to Jesus It will be well, nothing will happen, you won't suffer. Oh, Jesus, you're going to be crowned king and march in victory. I will be your vice. Hey! But Jesus knew that it's not the will of man or the words of man that matters. It's the will of God. And many of the prophets prophesying today are speaking from their own hearts and from their own imaginations. God has not spoken to them at all. And their words will never come to pass. You can pay them all the money in the world. It won't make sense someone a true prophet. So here's what you need to understand. A manipulative person uses a false promise to entice you. A manipulative person says, if you do what I want, I will love you. If you do what I want, I will provide for you. If you do what I want, I will be your friend. If you do what I want, I will meet your need. But in the end, they only want to use you for their own purposes. If you follow a friend just so you can gain his acceptance, then you are headed for disappointment. See, the truth is, when you come into a relationship seeking to be affirmed, or you come into a relationship seeking to be approved, or you come to a relationship seeking to be appreciated, you put yourself in a position of being manipulated. If you need approval, or affirmation, you will end up doing what you don't want to do to impress someone who you're relying on for acceptance. And a manipulative person will dangle his affection or approval in front of you and offer it to you on the condition that you do what he says. But in the end, he's not trying to help you. He's trying to control you. He's really not going to accept you and affirm you. He's going to use you. That's the lesson we can learn from the fox and the goat. We all know that the fox is a crafty animal. The goat had been warned many times to stay away from the fox. But despite all these warnings, the goat wanted to be accepted. The goat wanted to be the friend of the fox. The goat wanted uh, applause from the fox. So one day, the fox was walking along looking for someone to manipulate when he accidentally fell into a deep, dry, well from which he could not escape shortly thereafter the goat was wandering along looking for grass to eat when he saw the fox in the bottom of the deep dry well and he asked the fox what are you doing down there then the fox said oh have you not heard i understand there's going to be a very serious drought in the land so i jumped down here in the well in order to be sure to have water near me because I'm your friend, I will invite you to come and join me too. Will the goat Seeking the appraise and the applause of the fox, wanting to be the fox's friend, decided the best thing to do would be to jump into the well and join the fox. But immediately the goat landed at the bottom of the well. The fox jumped up on the back of the goat and using the long horns of the goat, the fox managed to jump up to the edge of the well and escape. As he was going, the fox said to the goat, goodbye, friend, and remember, never trust anyone who will pull you down. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. Don't let People manipulate you, identify the tactics of guilt, fear, and approval. And then the next step in dealing with manipulative people is this. I have to eliminate the handles of manipulation. You've got to take a good look at yourself and identify where the handles of manipulation are coming from in your life. The fact is this. Once you've identified the tactics of manipulative people, you need to eliminate the handles that people use to control you. The guilt, the fear, the desire for acceptance in your life is like a handle that comes out of your spirit. The enemy can grab hold of that handle and twist you around. But when you break the handle, you will be free. Jesus showed us this key in his own life. Listen to his words in John 14:30. Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Jesus said, there's no handle in me that the devil can grab to twist me. There's nothing sticking out of my life. He cannot manipulate me because there's no handle he can use to turn me. And indeed, no one can manipulate you if you cut off the handles from your heart that people use to twist and control you. If you refuse to feel guilty when you know you're doing the will of God, then the handle of guilt will be eliminated from your life and manipulated." people cannot twist you. If you eliminate the fear of man from your life and you say, I am not living for the praise of men, I'm living for the praise of heaven, then manipulative people cannot control you to follow the crowd and do evil. If you eliminate the need for acceptance and the desire for approval and applause from men, and you focus your attention on pleasing Jesus alone, then false promises won't lure you. You into sin. Manipulative people only have the influence over your life that you give them. If I don't give them power, they cannot control me. That's the lesson we can learn from a bizarre but true story that occurred in the year 2005 in a place called Gevas, Turkey. It all started when a few shepherds were out on a hillside watching over a flock of 1,500 sheep. Suddenly, and for no apparent reason, one of the sheep walked to the edge of a mighty cliff, and then the sheep jumped off the edge and crashed down to the ground and died. That one self-destructive sheep led to an amazing sight. When the one sheep jumped off, before the shepherds could stop them, many other sheep followed. We don't know why, but they saw their brother take a leap, and so they followed him and took a leap. Before they could do anything, the entire flock of 1,500 sheep followed the first sheep off the cliff and jumped off to the edge. When it was over... 450 sheep perished in a pile of white wool. The estimated loss to the families of Gevas tops 100,000 U.S. dollars. And all too often, we humans are like those sheep. One person does something and we all rush to follow. Before we know it, an entire group of people has blindly followed others into destructive behavior. No one wants to be the lone sheep that says, stop. Why are you doing that? Don't go that direction. So we all follow along and we all get destroyed. But here's the fact you need to pack up and take home with you today. No one can force you to do anything. If someone tries to use guilt to manipulate you, you can be freed by the blood of Jesus. If someone tries to use fear of man to manipulate you, you can focus your affection on Jesus, receive assurance of his love, and you don't need to worry about pleasing people. If someone tries to use false promises to manipulate you, turn to the word of God, because the word of God has every promise you need for every need in your life. The promises of God are yes and and amen through Jesus Christ. You don't need a false prophecy. You don't need a false vision. You need the sure word of God. So do not follow the crowd. Follow Jesus. You cannot change manipulative people but you can change yourself by the power of God. You can set your own course and find your own path of freedom and destiny by following Jesus Christ. Commit your ways to God and ask Ask him to help you change. For Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. 36 years ago, I was pastoring a church in Efrun in Delta State of Nigeria. The church was new, but it was growing rapidly. People were coming from everywhere. On Sunday morning, people had to sit outside. The crowd was so great. We had rented a building to get the church started, but soon the building could not contain all the people. So we started praying and looking for land. And thank God, I found a perfect piece of land just walking distance from the rented building I prayed and God said that's the place I have from you I knew it was God's will so I stood up and announced it to the church but I was shocked and surprised when I met resistance and opposition one of the deacons in our church said no we will not buy that land the land is bad And I had to choose, would I trust in God and do what I knew was right? Or would I allow the fear of man to manipulate me and follow for the applause of men? I made a decision that day that no matter what men said, I would obey the Lord. Because I made that decision, we bought the land, but that deacon left the church in anger. We built our church on that land and that church is standing to this day because I had to eliminate the handle of the fear of man. I had to trust God and establish a barrier so that manipulation could not arrest me. And that's our third step to dealing with manipulative people. I have to establish a barrier to manipulation. You cannot be free from manipulation if you don't establish barriers. But you can walk in the liberty of Christ. So just declare openly after me today, manipulation will not work on me. That's what Jesus did. We read in Matthew 16 that when Peter tried to manipulate him, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And here's the secret to winning your daily battle in dealing with manipulative people. If you have in mind the things of God, you will eliminate the handles that the enemy tries to use to control you. If you are filled with his love and are consumed in his presence, then you won't care for the approval of men. You will focus on Christ and pleasing him. That's what Paul declared as his secret for being a true servant of the Lord. In Galatians 1.10, he said, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And I say to every pastor, every prophet, every minister listening to me today, if you're trying to please people and get a lot of followers on Facebook and get a big crowd so that you can seem important, you are not a true servant of Christ. Repent. Turn away from your selfish pride and arrogance, surrender to the Lord and live for God's glory and God's glory alone. For when you focus on Jesus and make pleasing him everything in your life, then you are a true servant of God and you will perform in a way that brings the applause of heaven. Many years ago, there was a young boy named John. He was very talented. He played the musical instrument called the violin. He could play like a master, even though he was very, very young. His parents quickly realized his potential, and they hired the best violin. Tutor In the world, after years of hard work and training, the young man John became one of the master violin players in the whole world. Finally, John's tutor decided it was time for him to have a big concert. He invited some of the leading men and women from society. He rented an auditorium and scheduled John to play a solo violin concert. But there was only one problem. The boy was extremely talented, but he was also extremely shy. When he learned that he would be on stage in an auditorium filled with the leading men and women of society, he grew weak and fearful. He started shivering and said, I can't do it. So then the master instructor told John this. When you go on stage, do not look at anyone but me. I will be sitting in the front row, right in the center. Focus your eyes on me. You are not playing for anyone else. You are only playing for me. It will be just like our daily practice. Just you and me alone with the violin. And so that's what John did. When the day came, he came out on stage. The crowd was filled with people, but John didn't look at the people, he looked at his master instructor. He didn't seek the applause of people, he played for an audience of one. He only looked at his master and he played with all of his heart and delivered the performance of a lifetime. And that's how you can deal with difficult people. You don't need to be manipulated by guilt, For when you look to Jesus in faith, he will remove all guilt and shame from you. You don't need to be manipulated by fear of man. For the perfect love of God casts out all fear. You don't need to chase after false promises. For you have the sure promises of a God who never fails. He loves you. He accepts you as you are. And when you come to him and surrender and live for him alone, you will be free from manipulation. If you simply live for the applause of heaven, if you simply live for an audience of one and keep your focus on the master, the crowd will not move you. Friends will not control you. So live for an audience of one. Focus on Jesus and let the crowd fade from view worship and draw near to Jesus and make the declaration today found in 2 Corinthians 5-9 so we make it our goal to please him let me pray over you Right now, Father, I submit everyone watching and listening. I break the bondage of intimidation and manipulation off their life. Lord, I break the guilt and the fear and the deception of false promises. Lord, many of your people listening today have been held in bondage by demonically inspired people who manipulate them with guilt. There is a strong fear of man in the house of God today. But I break that chain of bondage over your people. I command every spirit of fear of man to be broken in the name of Jesus. I loose the spirit of the living God to deliver us and give us a love for you and you alone. Flood us with your love. Flood us with your presence, Lord, that we might see only you. Let us be consumed with you, that we might be controlled by you and you alone. Change us. Cut off every handle in our hearts that the enemy has grabbed hold of to twist us. Establish a barrier in our hearts and minds so that we will not be manipulated by others. Draw us close to you. Let us hear your voice. Let us live only for your pleasure and rest only in your love. I thank you by faith, even as I seal up this seed of the word in your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9 30 a.m and 11:30 a.m you will have an awesome experience